0: This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint, left, G, U, corner, halfback, flat, on to, ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue
1: 42, Blue 42.
0: Good morning, Bump. How are you now?
2: Good morning, fellas. Doing well. I'm a bit jealous, man. You got the the squad together at, yeah. at the studio, man, and I'm I'm here I'm here at my uh, my desk. Doing but. our
1: reps. It's our OTAs, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I'm you know good, what,
1: you know what's different for me than some of the other veterans? What's that? I showed up. <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> You're a true leader, Danny.
1: I'm in town. Let's go.
0: Let's he's, get it. He's in full pads too. As <laughs> always. I mean and it, I've always been impressed you wear the shirt and the tie and the jacket at home. Uh,
1: but let's, let's sew the jacket at home. Yeah, I don't wear the jacket at home. This was my new this was my new vaccinated jacket. Ooh. I got my second shot. I stopped at Nordstrom on the way home. I got a jacket.
0: Look at you. Fancy lad <laughs> to my right. Question one for you, Michael Bumpus. The Seahawks had less than 40 players show up to voluntary workouts. Are you concerned? Man, you know what? You look at what the
2: 49ers are doing, right? I heard about their numbers. Um and in the division, the numbers have been up. So initially, I'm like, man, the Seahawks are behind. They have a new offense. They have a couple new pieces on this offense. Like, they have to get together. But we know Russell Wilson is in San Diego doing his thing, having players come down and visit there. Um, so, honestly, I'm a bit concerned. Not concerned to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, these teams are going to be so much better than the Seahawks. They're going to be behind. It's just, you. ideally, you want your guys there. You want your veterans there. You want your leaders there, especially when you have a new offense. I expect this offense to have its troubles early in the season. I think this just extends the process a week or two. But in the long run, I think they're going to be fine. But when you look around the division and you see other teams getting bodies into OTAs, uh, you should be concerned. But at the end, end of the day, it comes down to personnel and it comes down to coaching. You got number three. You got DK. You got 16. 32 is back. You signed offensive linemen. Uh, defensively, they're, they've they made some moves. So I think they're going to be okay. I think that this this just extends the process a bit when it comes to really nailing down this offense. There's a there's the difference of knowing this offense on paper and being able to speak it. Now you got to go out there and perform. That's just what they're missing. They're going to miss a couple performances or chances to um, really get acclimated to this offense. So am I concerned? Yes, but not to the point to where I think that the scene, season
1: is ruined. I just think that they're going to have to put in a couple extra hours. I've always talked about OTAs and this offseason stuff as the pieces of flair from office space. Uh, and that it's voluntary. But Where's your flair? It's It's voluntary. You're not obligated to wear it, but we just highly encourage it. Which means it's not voluntary. But I also get the point of a player saying it's voluntary. I just feel in this situation, I guess what sticks out to me is that Russ asked for more. And and then he's at the at the end going, well, you know, like technically I don't have to do this. And I was like, that just doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't sit right with me. And maybe, maybe he's doing way more than I know, and I'm being I'm asking him to work harder and he's working smarter. It just doesn't, right off the cuff, I was like, eh. I remember the guy in February who wanted some different stuff and wanted a sense of urgency. And now, now I feel like I, this isn't this urgent too.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. You would think because he has a new offensive coordinator, you ask for some yeah. protection, you have that, you just drafted a receiver, you would want to be around the guys. But I also know that he's one of the leaders in the NFL, right? Yeah. And he's one of the veterans. So if he huh. shows up, he's kind of he's crossing the line. He's going against what um, the NFLPA and all these leaders are telling these guys to do. So he has to be in a tough position. I think Russell would w- wants to be with the guys, but I also think that he's getting work in. He's not sitting at home doing nothing. He's not, not interacting with his teammates. He is doing things to prepare. It's just not in the traditional way that we're used to seeing.
0: I asked Danny a little bit earlier, and he made some great points in response to it, if Russell Wilson knows how to compromise. Do you think that bump Russ knows how to compromise?
2: Well, he's been married for a few years, so he knows how to compromise at least a little bit. (laughs) Um, And at this point of his career, does he really have to compromise? I mean, he's one of the best five in the league. And... You you want the Tom Brady's, right? You want the guy to take pay cuts and seem like he's compromising. But a lot a lot of these guys don't compromise. They throw tantrums, they get what they want, and they move on and they use their leverage because they know they're the best player on the football team. Does he know how to compromise? I'm sure he does. Has he compromised? I'm sure he has. Does he have to? Not necessarily.
1: Question two. Nate Davis of USA Today proposed the Seahawks trade. For Patriots cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, this this caused... to mentioned this with his contract, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever heard of one like that, and we looked it up. He's owed $7 million this year, which is a really low salary for a player the caliber that he is. It's the result of a renegotiation. Usually when these things happen, at the end of contracts, guys' salaries spike, and it's because the team puts fat at the end that a guy's not going to... If Gilmore's available at $7 million, should the Seahawks be interested in that? Go get him. I say go get him. I, at
2: this point, it's a mad dash for a Super Bowl. If you got a guy who's a veteran, who's proven defensive player of the year before, and you can get him for the cheap, you have to at least take a look at this guy. Now, I realize there are a bunch of pieces pieces in the secondary already. right? You got Marquis Blair coming back. You still got Ugo, who's working this way. You got Weatherspoon, Trey Flowers, DJ Reed. I get all of that, but it all comes down to talent. This game, if your personnel is better than the other team's personnel, your chances of winning just go up. So I say you have to take a look at this dude. It means you're going to have to sacrifice somebody, but that's just the business. That's the NFL for you. I like it. I think they're going to sit down. I think they're going to run the numbers. They're going to communicate. They have to take a look at this guy. Could you imagine having him out there? I mean, now you got you got Gilmore. You got Adams. You got uh, – um, Trey, maybe on the side, DJ, his personnel-wise, it looks good. You have to take a look at it. You would feel
0: a lot better about the cornerback room because right now, it's a giant question mark no matter how much faith you have in Pete Carroll's ability to get the most out of those guys. And I have a lot of faith in it and also would be on brand with some of the things that we've seen John Schneider do over the last couple of years. He has not been afraid to send a draft pick over for a veteran player on the last year of a contract. And you did that with Carlos Dunlap. We saw him do it with Jadeveon Clowney. And this is the kind of player that could potentially have the impact that you thought maybe Clowney could have. If it's on the table, I say definitely you go do it. And I think you would go as high as a second round if you're talking about next year's draft. If you can make it happen, make it happen. Acquire talent.
2: It, it's a two or three year window right now with Russell Wilson. It might just be a one year if things don't go the way he wants to this year. You have to acquire talent. You have to... Get depth. I like it, man. Take a look at him. And and I haven't heard or seen one player mention, oh, man, I don't want to go to Seattle. I don't like it out there in Seattle. I mean, that's what they have going for him as well is just the winning culture and just the style of Pete Carroll. Take a look at that, man.
0: Question three. I enjoy listening to Michael Irvin whenever he talks. It's up for debate what the toughest job in football is. Uh, Some people, maybe not Russell Wilson, think that that job is of the offensive line. If you tell Michael Irvin that offensive linemen have the toughest job in the NFL, though, Michael Bumpus, he will not be happy. Here is Michael Irvin. Yeah, you know,
2: <laughs> offensive tackle, man. Play, I said, please, man. Your job, you're a fat 300-pounder. You got to stay. You All you have to do is stay in front of another fat 300-pounder for three seconds. For three seconds. <laughs> One fat 300, other fat 300, and in front of him for three seconds. Me, <laughs> me, I got to go out here. I got to fight a dude to come off the line of scrimmage just to get into my route, go run around, fake another dude out, go turn, catch a ball that's being projected down the field fast, flying somewhere between heaven and earth, snatch it out the air, mid out, come down, put my foot on the ground, all while somebody's trying to take my head off, and I
0: don't get a chill till I get in the end zone. I'm like, please. Do wide receivers have the toughest job in the NFL? Former wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Hey,
2: the way Irvin just described it, it sounds pretty dangerous. It tough, does, man. He did a good
0: job.
2: <laughs> like I never, I never saw it that way. I think that receiver is one of the toughest positions to play, just because of all the stuff he mentioned. Now, when we think of toughest position, I think the offensive linemen kind of get mentioned because of the physical demand, right? It's every single play. You're banging helmets. Uh, you're in the trenches. It's very physical. So the toughest position when it comes to its physical nature, I would say, is the offensive line and maybe running back because the shelf slides are only, what, four or five years, mm-hmm. good years if you're lucky, at the running back spot. Now, as far as just the what's required of a, of a position, it has to be the quarterback. I mean, people are going to say, oh, yeah, but you don't touch them and during practice, and all they do is sit there and hand the ball off and throw the ball. Yeah, but they're the decision maker out there. We've seen teams win with average receivers, not a great offensive line. You don't see that happen very often with the quarterback spot. I mean, he has the most responsibility on the football field. I think that offensive line running back the toughest physically, at least for an offense, but when it comes down to just – the total makeup of a tough position mentally, physically, expectations. It has to be the quarterback.
1: It's funny to hear him say you just got to stay in front of another fat dude for three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) You a fat dude, too. The the one thing about quarterback and the difficulty there is you've got six dudes that are trying to kill you. Yeah. And you're expected to basically know where they are without – paying attention to them, right?
0: And, yeah, you're not supposed to waver at all while standing in there. And if the play breaks down, you have the responsibility to either cancel the play by throwing it away or scrambling if you happen to have the speed necessary to do it. And you have to be smart enough to slide and not be Lamar Jackson, Robert Griffin III, the guys who get clocked all the time.
1: And then if nothing works and the offense runs like and is not working at all, what do coaches say? Sometimes you have to make a play, <laughs> right? There's a, so sometimes you just got to be able to make a play, which is hey, you know what? Sometimes sometimes we don't give you the answer, and you just got to make one up. It's a, quarterback quarterback face is pretty high demand.
2: Yeah, o- overcome play calling at times, and you have to line up, and especially if you are a true student of the game, Peyton Manning, all those guys. You're walking up to the line of scrimmage. You're communicating with your offensive line. You're shifting protection. Sometimes you're going to audible out out of things. I saw Tom Brady clip the other day, and it was beautiful, man. Uh, Gronk is, is at the tight end spot. Brady yells to Gronk. Hey, Gronk, stand up. Rock stands up, switches to play up a little bit. There's another play where Edelman is playing outside. He goes, hey, Edelman, move into the slot. And he just, he's making all these adjustments. And it just lets you know how in tune that a quarterback has to be in the game. As a receiver, man, I can take a play off. I can look at the coverage. This ball's not coming to me. It's a run play to the other side. All I have to do is get in front of this guy. I can take plays off. At running, excuse me, at quarterback, you cannot take any plays off. Same with offensive line.
1: That is Blue 42. Michael Bump is going to be with us for the rest of the hour, which is always fun.